Welcome to the Sacred Window Podcast. I'm your host, Christine Devlin Eck. Here at the Center for Sacred Window Studies, we explore and expand on conscious postpartum care. We navigate the overlap of caring for others and caring for ourselves. We honor the transitions, not only in giving birth, but in being alive. Welcome to the conversation. And I will never be the same. Welcome to the Sacred Window Podcast. I'm Christine. I'm so happy to be joined today by um, a connection that I've made recently, and I'm really uh-huh. excited about what Lauren has to offer to, to the world in terms of really fostering postpartum care. So Lauren Pick, welcome, is a psychotherapist. She is based in Lincoln, Nebraska. She's originally from Louisiana. Um, She focuses on grief, trauma, and life transitions. And as we know, postpartum and becoming a parent is one of the most massive transitions we might go through. Um, She practices in the way that reflects her own personal story. She's worked in all of these areas in her own life. She's been practicing for over 12 years. Um, She's also a yoga teacher. She's really connected to the mind-body experience of dance and fitness. And she's also a mom to two children. Um, So today I've invited Lauren to come in and talk with us about the idea of is what I am doing today getting me closer to where I want to be tomorrow? And this really struck me. And so as parents, as people offering care, as people in the world who are working really hard, we can kind of get stuck in what is happening around us day to day. And we feel disconnected with what is actually what we want to experience. And this is so connected with how we parent, how we partner, how we, how we, care for our clients and how we stay present. And so we're going to dive in today to what this, what this actually looks and feels like, where that disconnection happens and what can we do to create that connection so that we are doing today to move us closer and actually not even move us closer, but to actually be what it is that we want to experience. So Lauren, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So what made you write that statement? Yeah. Um, Coming from a place of a lot of disconnection, I think. So story, my story has a lot of grief, a lot of trauma, and that can be so easy to um, tap out, to um, disconnect, to not really be intentional at all in the day to day and simply be yeah what um what's the new crisis to solve and to figure out and you know go to bed so you can wake up again um that was actually something (laughs) my mom used to tell me growing up which drove me crazy she'd say she would always say to me Lauren we've got to go to bed so we can wake up so we can wake up again and to me that was the worst reason to go to bed (laughs) in the world I'm like I don't want to just go to bed so I can do this over again I want a bigger reason I want a bigger purpose than just go to bed so we can get up Mm-hmm. there's that meaningless there's that spinning of the wheels that I was never appealing to me um, and so this for me that's about taking a moment stepping back 
as saying, okay, wait a minute, with this one precious, wonderful life that I've been gifted, what do I actually want? <laughs> and am I taking steps day by day to get there? And if not, why not? Um, and if not, when does it start knowing that, you know, I could get in a car crash tonight and die. And then if that's the case, um, how does my life suddenly change? So there's, um, there's invitations um, at any moment, but definitely in transitions. Yeah. And so that's, I think that's a little background behind, behind that phrase. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. And I think um, that focus that you have in your practice on life transitions I don't know that I ever really noticed my life in transition until I really became a parent. Yeah. You know, it was like there were transitions, but yeah. for whatever reason, it wasn't until that transition mm -hmm. that I began to like really lose my footing of who I felt myself to be. Yeah. Um, so when we're looking at you know, whether we're coming into like listening to this podcast as somebody who is a parent or is going to become a parent or who takes care of new parents, being able to recognize that monumental inner shift that's happening feels to me like a really vital space to come from when we're then designing like all of the regular, like the care, like the basics of the actual care that we need Sure. Um, but yeah, how, so when you are working with people who are going through a life transition, how do you begin? Right where they're at, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that sense of, um, I mean, there is, I mean, I can say that cheekily, right? But like, that is what the process is. Um, and so that what that means is delving into their world and using their mirroring them to the point that like using their same wording, using their same, um, using their same body language so that they can feel a connection. Um, even if almost like looking in the mirror, right. But they can see themselves kind of mirrored back in somebody else. And there's that sense of, even if it's subconscious, that sense of like, oh, release that person gets me. Mm. That's the first step. I mean, the first step is that person has to feel gotten. I mean, you can have the best ideas in the world for them, you're not going to get anywhere until that person feels gotten, um, which is where I think society as a whole that's not psychologically minded can fail us. <coughs> Excuse me, because it's the sense of there, there's all these quick fixes or great programs or things or like we want to be helpful to our friends or our family and we like give them all the advice and all the things. That person's not doing anything until you get them. And that takes time and that takes patience that takes slowing down on the caretaker's part, you know, on the person providing a service or the friend or what have you to slow down and let them feel shitty. Let them like wallow a little bit, which can make, I mean, for society, that's like, that's very threatening. That's, um, well, now you're going to become a depressed person. No, like you need space to experience where you're at and be seen and be validated. And yeah, yeah, this sucks. Yes, it does. Because there's going to be no one often, at least for my clients, there's going to be no one outside of this four, these four walls that are going to validate shit for them. going to validate anything. Um, I probably should have asked if I could curse on this before. Sorry. <laughs> you, <laughs> Sorry. you are good. You are good. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I can be a potty mouth sometimes. But 
Um, yeah. And so the sense of being validated, letting them, and it, it, we're not wallowing. It might be one session. It could be two. It could be six. It depends on the person. But eventually when they feel gotten enough and they feel that heart connection and this, I mean, you don't have to be a therapist to do this. You can be a friend, but if they feel gotten, then they are ready. You're going to sense an opening a little bit that like your great ideas are going to start to be able to sink in, but only then. And that's a natural process. And often they're going to ask you, they're going to be like, oh, they're finally ready. And they're going to say to you, what do you think I should do? They're going to, they're going to ask you for solutions if they can't come up with it themselves. Sometimes they come up spontaneously with the solutions themselves because who knows them better than them. So, I mean, it's really cool. Like if you meet people where they, where they're at, they can heal themselves. Like really, like really, I mean, there can be some, you know, guiding on the side or some psychoeducation I can throw away. But like often if you get people in a good spot, like they do their thing and they and heal and heal spontaneously, which is really cool. So, I mean, you can do that too. You don't have to be a therapist. You can do that. I mean, it's companioning people through the shit and letting them be messy and not judging them for being messy. And we judge people without thinking we're judging people because we have low self-awareness sometimes. Um, you know, people will tell me through their teeth, they're not judging me. And I'm like, well, then why do I feel so judged in this moment? Are you aware that you're crossing your arms and you're turning away from me and you look like you're angry? I feel judged. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes we can be so disconnected even from our own feelings and own body language and all that. We can unintentionally be sending out messages we aren't even aware of, but um, yeah. But, but the receiver is going to pick up on that. Like whatever, there's, there's another statistic, I don't know, but like the huge percentage of our body communication, that's all about body language, a huge part of our communication. Yeah, like you do not have to say the perfect wording. Like people are going to be able to pick up on your body language. Like your body cannot lie. It cannot lie. So it doesn't matter like how much you're like scared and you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to get it perfect. It doesn't matter if you get it perfect in your words. Because if your body is in alignment and that person can sense that, that's enough. That's enough. So anyway, I, mean, I don't know why I'm giving advice for people trying to support people, but that's what I'm, that's where my mind went was like how, if I wanted to support someone through this and I don't have to have all these titles or anything, can you just be with people in their mess and then let them tell you when they are ready to, um, to have a little bit more and then you can rush in with all your paramedic supplies of all the ways you can help them and all your band-aids and all your whatever um but that actually is not as important as the heart connection like that heart connection is actually the that that's the healing i think i mean that's the healing part and it's very rogerian and whatever but that's the healing um and the other stuff is icing on the cake and then i mean all that other stuff is just is like to prevent them from going further like to do it for not further, but like to do it again, right? It's just, you're just giving them new skills now so that they don't get back in that place again. Or if they do, they know how to get out or whatever. But like, I mean, that's just bringing the like evolving them to the next level, if you will. But like the healing to me happens in that first step, which newsflash, literally anybody on the planet can do. Like we can heal each other. We don't need to like, I kind of think to be honest, I kind of think my profession is a little bit ridiculous. Like we, do, we should not need this profession. I'm sorry. Like if we actually took time with each other, like we could heal each other, we don't. And then we go to school, like to learn things that, I mean, to be honest, I thought most, I mean, I am very psychologically positioned in my brain anyway, but I thought most of my training was like common sense, to be honest. Like, yes, 
there are things to learn. And the big overarching picture, I'm like, this is just how to be a human. Like, what are we talking about? Like, so I have to go to school to learn how to be a human, to sit in an office so that people can get a human experience because otherwise they go out in the world and we're all too busy and we're all too disconnected and blah. Lauren, it's such a perfect place to begin here because it so overlaps to exactly what it is that we're talking about in postpartum care, because you can come in with a million different trainings, but if you can't sit in company and connection mm -hmm. with a person and help mm -hmm. them to feel safe and heard and seen, mm -hmm. none of those things work. Mm -hmm. And I also would venture to take it another step further that when we as people can actually sit with someone and hold space with them, yeah. it actually creates an openness and an ability to be more connected with ourselves. So it's about the other person and taking care of the other person. But at the same time, we then are experiencing, yeah. It's mutually beneficial. It's, oh yeah. Yeah, we heal the planet. I mean, all that, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and we've all felt, I'm sure at some time, like being with somebody who's supposed to be taking care of us, who glosses over and doesn't actually sit and hear us, which is many, many people in the medical field. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah, so during the, I mean, this is so basic and foundational. And yet with all of the education and all of the training and all of the growing up and the conditioning that we have, how much emphasis is actually put on communication with other people? Oh, sure. Sure. Is, is that rhetorical? <laughs> is that rhetorical? You want me to answer that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you know, but there's, there's very little. We don't get the opportunity to do that. And so I think those of us who are, you know, trying to take care of people in life transitions, we are having like it's demanded of us and it we're invited and it's beneficial to us to be able to use those skills. Um, I think the next layer for me is as we are living in the world that we're living and we may not have access to someone who gets us or who is willing to try to get us sure. and we feel stuck or isolated or our wheels are spinning or you know, you used the phrase before we started the conversation about like putting out fires and we're not actually in the space where we get to access what is most important to us and how to be on that path towards experiencing the life we want to have. What, what can we do? Yeah. And I know that's like a treasure box full of answers. Well, I mean, and it's triggering for me too, because you, you're describing my second, um, my second experience with a child. So my first experience, I had a few support people and it was enough. And I actually transitioned very beautifully and I loved my first year with my first baby, baby number two, the one that's 11 months old now. Uh, yeah, I had very little supports. I had zero female supports, zero. Um, people who said they were going to support me, push came to shove they weren't really there really at all at least in, at least from the emotional lens they might have dropped off a casserole <laughs> but like not not emotionally not in any way shape or form like then they might have given lip service to that but uh, you know life happens 
and I didn't have um, friends, my friends and family are all back in Louisiana, right? Um, and I knew that, right? I knew that ahead of time. And that's why I wanted to get a postpartum doula and that fell through, which is why I'm landed here anyway. Um, so, I mean, you're asking me my, my experience for something that I haven't actually created a solution for yet, because what was given to me um, at that time when I couldn't find anybody was here, go to postpartum, what is it? Postpartum Support International. Like go to this online site, go to these support groups that are online. Um, I don't know, like people would give me, or, or oh my, yeah, yeah, love it. Give me these books to read, which is actually how I found the center, right? I told you that like with one of those books, those postpartum books, go read a book, Lauren, go online. What I need is heart connection with a human being, but go do this and actually heart connection with a human being who is a woman. Like that to me is vital. Like that is like tribal in my mind. Like, I don't know. Like it was wonderful that my husband was there at the birth and that's great and whatever. But I think there's something to like wise women and which is part of like the doula whole thing, right? Like birth doulas. But like, I think there is something in that. And not, I mean, I'm going to say something that's probably triggering to people, but like, and maybe not the doula that's like 22 years old, but like the doula that's like a wise woman herself and she has gray hair. Like that to me, that's the ideal, right? Is you have this like crone or something, this image of this woman that's, you know, seen, um, seen a lot, you know, and you can sense that in her presencing. And I mean, she's a rock in that room. To me, that's the ideal. Um, I had nothing remotely like that. I had a, Yeah our husband that I had to finally tell him that he had to, you know, fix his own emails while I was in labor because he, I can't talk to him in that realm. I mean, it's just like, there's such a disconnect and it's to no fault of their own. It's just the sense of digging into something much deeper. Um, so what would I do? So I really don't know if you really can't find any person, like for me, it had to be a person. And if you really, and it had to be a person in the flesh. So, I mean, I could like FaceTime friends or FaceTime family. It's nothing like having that human being, especially when you're in that raw little world of new baby or, you know, new postpartum. Like to me, like we are designed, we're tribal people. We are designed to have in my mind, like a grouping of women who we truly trust, who we are not paying, but whatever, this is our society, you know, who are supporting each other. To me, to me, to me, that fits like that's to me, that's design work, but whatever, even one would be fine. But if like, you really can't find that, you really can't find anybody. Um, I mean, that's when you go and you pay people that are doing partial things of that. That's when you go pay someone like me, you go pay a massage therapist, you go pay someone that does your hair and massages your head. You go, I mean, like, that's when you start to like, yeah, you pay, for, you piecemeal and pay for it together. And I can tell you right now, there's something soul sucking about that <laughs> because we shouldn't have to pay for this kind of stuff, but here we are. Um, so, I mean, that would be the first step. I mean, the first option, I guess. I mean, and the second option, which could be combination as, I mean, then you get, you get into the world of spiritual and you go higher and wider and you, you know, try to connect into that realm which is still not a person like for me like this like having a human being was what i needed but to me that's the option do you either pay for it <laughs> like or you um 
yeah, you connect to spirit or some combination of that. <laughs> Excuse me. I think our third part would be nature bonding, which I can't really do in Nebraska. I mean, I have my baby end of February. Oh my God. Like you would die. I would die if I go outside for longer than 10 minutes sometimes in this fucking place. But like, if you're in a place that is like conducive to nature, like that can be healing. I do not have that luxury most of the time, but like, if you do like use that, use nature, use spirit practices, hate people. But um, yeah, hopefully, especially if you're still pregnant and listening to this for some reason, like maybe you can like be intentional about creating people in your world that like can support you. Um, but maybe educating them to be like intentional and not just tell you they're going to support you because then you're going to get resentful. That was me. Um, and tell them exactly how you want support. And if you don't know, then like get curious about that so you can tell them. You mm. might even write it down. <laughs> you might even like, I mean, without being weird, you might even create a contract of sorts. Like I have, I felt like I had so many people telling me they were going to be there for me. And then they wanted me to do things like in this very new period to be like, well, just let me know if you need anything what the hell? I don't even know what I need. Just come sit with me. Like that was upsetting to me. And I felt like I couldn't reach out to them because like, I didn't know it's so vulnerable to call someone up and say, Hey, I just need you to come sit with me. I expect you to know that because you've had a kid too. Like what the hell? But they're busy in our lives and we're unintentional about our lives and we're in our little hamster wheels and we're not thinking. We're not sitting there and being like, how can I actually support people? We're just thinking, oh, I'm a human. I should support people. And I'm just going to say a phrase so that so that they feel supported. And that's like the least way to feel supported. I don't know. I never feel supported when someone tells, says, call me if you need anything. I'm like, what the hell? Tell me what you're going to do for me. And I'll tell you if I need it. Like, I don't want I don't want like pleasantries. If you're going to help me, help me and tell me how you're going to do that. Um, and I'm happy to educate you if you actually want to know. Um, it was funny. This is what's coming up. There's this, um, bringing up this conversation I had with this, um, he was a neighbor and I was at a graduation party of his daughter. Uh, we, and we knew them kind of well at a graduation party for his daughter. It was hilarious. I love this man. I love this man on so many levels. Um, <laughs> he's one of my favorite people in Lincoln. He left most of my favorite people leave, but like he was, he was at a graduation party and you know, he's going there and it was a situation where um, him and his wife were actually moving. They were moving to a different part of the country and their daughter who was graduating is actually staying here in Lincoln. And so he's this, you know, whatever, higher up in the company and he has all his company people out there and they're all telling him, let me know if you need anything with your daughter. Let me know if you need anything. Da, 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 da. And he turns and he looks at him and he's like, yeah, she needs a place to live for the next six months. You got that covered? And he get he's and then the next person he said something else and he says and he's like are you actually worth your shit here like what are you actually saying and I love that like it's actually being like well what she actually needs is blank blank can you do that for me and if not stop throwing out whatever phrases and like I already respected that man but after I heard that I was like oh yes more of that please more of that real communication because yeah. Like we think we support people and we actually do more harm sometimes. Like I would rather someone not say that to me than yeah, don't pretend like you're gonna support me. And then when, you know, when push comes to shove, you're not even there. And, I, and I'm so under-resourced that I don't feel like 
I can ask for what I really need because it's way too raw. And if you were to tell me no in that moment, I don't have anything left. You know, if I'm, it's two in the morning and I'm calling this friend and I'm like, I just need someone here. If I don't have a hundred percent, you know, certainty that you're going to do that, I can't call you. Um, yeah. It really points out the brokenness in our social system when we are faced very real. I really, really appreciate you sharing all of this because this is so reflective of so many people's experience in one way or another, um, because we don't feel resourced. We don't feel able to ask for help. We don't even feel clear about the help we need because there's no examples around us of what that could look like. Um, and then there's all this sort of surfacey like catchphrase yep. that we all get so used to hearing that we start yep. repeating it, even though, yep. you know, so then really the layer of, you know, we talk about this all the time, these universal mother principles, but this layer of, I'm actually really seeing you and listening to you. And I want to understand what it is that you need. And then I can, you know, and there's so many ways to understand that just by being actually present with a person. Yes. Like you said earlier, you don't need words. You don't need mm-hmm. huge conversation. You just no. be with them. Mm-hmm. And our higher selves can understand, oh, wow, this person needs company. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This person, I can see that this person needs whatever it might be. So yeah, it's like the 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 solution has to come from all of us. It's not the people going through the transition. It's not just the people doing the care. It's like literally all of us have to get used to practicing being present with other people. Well, and then you could argue too, like, where does that start? (laughs) Well, that starts with parents and their babies because then you create a new generation. So I have been presenced, then I can presence other people. So then parenthood becomes a sacred act. Or you could actually change a society if you become present with your kids. Like, how cool is that? Like, you teach presencing, you're present yourself. You teach presencing to the next generation, and it can ripple. So then, like, yeah, does that not inspire you to put away your phone? Like, you know, like, to just be there with them because this can be sacred. And, I mean, do what you need to do. Like, for me, I have a, I have a um, audiobook playing most of the time when I'm with my daughter so that I can feel like I'm still talking to an adult. Uh, and we play, we have a good time and I don't lose my mind. Um, because I, ideally I would be surrounded by other women. That's not my reality here. So I create, I mean, it's like my point, like there, there are ways to get around that, but like, do not put your eyes on a screen like that. What you're telling your child is disconnection and disconnection is okay. And you probably will inadvertently create some attachment issues as well. So like, don't do that, especially when you're breastfeeding. Oh my goodness. Put on an audiobook, like do something that you put on music, audio, something that you can hear. Do not use your eyes though, because your eyes need to be on your baby. You, because that that's the attachment bonding. Um yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. there's huge opportunity here. There yeah. is. And it's it can feel it can feel really overwhelming to just look at like, oh my gosh, there's this huge weight of like, I've got a parent in this this <laughs> that will help my kids understand, you know, and I think that that can feel really daunting, but it really comes down to like right now, you know, like how do we be present in this moment? I mean, I can hear that, but at the same time, it's like, again, excuse my French, but it's like, you can't fuck it up any more than you were fucked up in some ways. So like, 
you're not going to do any worse. Usually, usually we, we get a shade better the generation before it's usually there's like a little bit. I mean, the degree is a little better, but like you can be no worse than the generation before you like you're really it's not going to be that bad. It's just you have the potential to, you know, make it so much more. You could skip a couple generations of these little turnings. So, I mean, really, you're going to do better anyway, just because you have more resources, thoughts that, you know, the culture has moved on. Like you're already going to do better than the generation before. It tends to happen that way. Not always, but tends to happen that way just naturally. So like you already, you already won. <laughs> You've already won. Um, now just know that you can totally shift this. If you feel resource to do so, you can make this incredible. And you can then create, I mean, like an incredible partner, creative husband and wife, future husband and wife for someone someday. Like what a gift. And, and to think, you know, and you're on that wedding day and that's not the end all be all, whatever. But like, you know, you have that sense of like, you didn't hundred percent create that obviously, but like I was instrumental in creating secure attachment for a human being so that they can attach to another human being in a way that's healthy. And I mean, to me, like that's a gift to not only that person, that's a gift to the world. Like you created health. That's a gift. The sacred, the sacred act is the sacred act. Yeah. Spiritual. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And I think it's just, it's, it's what we choose to embody today for like ourselves. I think it starts there. And it's like, once we understand, um, how that place of presence feels, we can recognize when we're not in it. And sure. well, yeah, and here, here's something else. Here's something else. Sorry, I took you off. But here's something else that I've recently felt into, which I think is actually really helpful, especially. Yeah, especially with the demands of motherhood specifically. So there's this idea of presencing and mindfulness that to me can feel like nails down a chalkboard, especially when you are have a lot going on. Like, okay, so now that's another thing I have to do. I have to sit there and like notice my body or just like banish thoughts or whatever. And and um, I'm here to tell you that if you're doing it that way, that's whatever. I mean, if it works for you, it works for you. But like, there is another way that can be instantaneous and a five-year-old can do it and you can teach it to kids. Um, you guys can all practice it together. Um, and that is instead of getting into that room and getting quiet and sitting and being with you, noticing your thoughts and watching them flow by, which if you have time to do that, that's wonderful. And there's been seasons in my life where like I had a whole practice around that. And I can't tell you the last time that's been a part of my life. Uh, yeah, for a variety of reasons. Um, but it doesn't mean all is lost. Like you can become present simply by tuning in to your senses in any given moment, pick your favorite sense. It doesn't matter which one. Just focus on, okay, what am I smelling in this moment? It can be very, very odd, but like you are, there is some scent somewhere. And you just take some time with that. I happen to have like a diffuser going. You might not have a diffuser. You might have some like something burning or whatever, but you take a moment and you sit with that. And then when you feel like you have had enough then you go to the next sense or not, or then your kid, you're grabbing your kid and you whatever, do something else. But then any moment you have a breath, you have to come back to a different sense. I'm sensing my um, sensing the sense of touch, right? I'm sensing what it's like to be in this chair. I'm sensing the configuration of my body. Oh gosh, my kid is running away now again. I gotta go grab him, whatever. Okay, what am I tasting? 
if you're surprised, like there's a lot of nasty tastes in your mouth if you don't do mints and brush your teeth, like, or residual food. Like if you start paying attention on purpose, there is a lot of information your body has to filter through. But if you just tune in and we're talking like microseconds, you can get a taste of it. And the more you have a taste of it, the more you can do it for longer, the more you stay anywhere you go and you're bored with your kids or whatever, you can teach them too. You can be like, hey, name name some things you're seeing. I'm going to name some things I'm seeing. Okay, what are you smelling? What are you tasting? What are you touching? You could even go to intuiting if you want to do the sixth sense, whatever. And you could talk, teach them about intuiting. But like to me, that is, that's a better, I say better. That can be a more accessible way in, especially for moms, especially when life is chaotic. Then you know, oh, that's one more thing I got to do. I got to get up 30 minutes earlier and sit with my thoughts. It's also very masculine <laughs> to have to sit and be still. And I get that. There's an institute that I love. Um, it's called the Awakening Women Institute. I love this. I love this institute. Um, they are based. I don't know. They're in California. The ladies in California. Chomley? Chomley? I don't know. But anyway, I learned this from this woman. I love this woman. I think she's, I remember she's from Denmark or something. I'm going to say this all wrong. She's not from America, but she's in California now. And I went to a women's group, a woman's temple. Um, this was during my divorce in, was it in Boulder? Of course it was in Boulder, right? It was in Boulder. And it was phenomenal. And I met this woman and oh my gosh, like everything about her. But she talks about, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but like what I got from what she talks about is how just like sitting there, right, you know, meditating and getting in touch with their feelings, it's so fucking masculine. Like it's so masculine. That is not how women's bodies are designed. And if women struggle with that, there's a reason. Like, and so she'll talk about meditating, but like moving like serpentine as you do it, breathing and feeling your body. And like, oh my gosh, when she said that, like everything inside of me just softened. I was like, yes, I can do more of that, please. I can sit and breathe and be, but still stay connected to my body and like um, weave in and out of this. And it's not eh, like an erect penis, sorry. But like, you know, this like, eh, is this <laughs> sense of fluidity. It's, it's the, it, to me, that's the feminine path, which can also give movement to being a mom. Like, don't try to do it the men way. Like, that's not even how we're designed. Like you are in fluidity space, be fluid with it. Turn on some, like get a fountain or turn on some watery music, like, in my own practice, I'm in Lincoln, Nebraska. I am so far away from water. I, I feel like I'm in a spiritual desert every day. I make a practice. And especially when it, things are really challenging, I will put on water tracks. I had a woman that, um, a dear friend at the time, and she um, gave me a projector that's supposed to be like an ocean projector. And it's like a weird, um, I don't know, light show-ish on the ceiling and on the walls that like make you feel like you're in the ocean. This is like an Amazon purchase, guys. Like it's nothing, but like, this is, so I have this light going and I have the water going and I do something, I could talk about that too. There's some like water practice that you can do with movement. We can talk about that later, but like, cause that's a whole different thing. But like, I have to be with the water. So I make that watery stuff going on. Why am I talking about that? Because that's all feminine stuff. That's all the yin energy. Um, so I would encourage like, don't think you have to be, you know, just sitting there step stark and if that works for you that works for you if it doesn't I understand you <laughs> I mean I used to do that a lot and it does work but if it's not working for you there's other ways um and so then presencing that thing that can heal the world becomes like you're just tuning into your senses which can seem so mundane and you can get like YouTubes on like how to do that they'll lead you through it 
but literally like you can teach this to children and it's like a way in and then life becomes really juicy because suddenly you notice all these like micro things like I mean right now I'm noticing fabric I have this thing on fabric and I'm noticing all this threads and it's gorgeous but if I'm going through my day and I'm not paying attention um I would never have I never know I've never noticed that before in my life and here we are you know so it's like you can and then life becomes like amazing like you just sit there and you're like oh my gosh like how is this how is it possible you get like you learn you think about things the way maybe if you were I don't know some people don't have this experience like I was in like this I don't feel like I'm gifted but I was in this gifted program which is all about like big picture thinking and like you get into that early, I'm thinking like a college class, right? When there's all about philosophy and big picture thinking, like you can do that for yourself all the time. Where like, you start wondering, like, I wonder how they like made that or like, how did they get that sheen there? And like, if you have three or four year olds, they'll ask you the same thing. You get that childlike wonder. You get to tune into them and you get to like, instead of being like rushed and being like, I don't know, baby, let's go. Instead, you're like, you pause and you're like, yeah, how did they do that? That's amazing. Hey, let's go look that up. Let's go get a book at the library about that. And you sit with them and then suddenly you created Montessori education and you didn't even know you did or whatever, you know, like you actually tune into all that. So anyway, sorry, I cut you off and I went on a tangent, but <laughs> I loved that tangent so much. <laughs> I noticed so many things with my senses as I was sitting here listening to you, like literally experiencing that exercise as we're having this conversation. And I just, to me, that's the essence of everything we're doing here, which is getting very small and intentional. Yeah. Hmm. This is awesome. And I'm going to have, um, I'm going to have you send me the link to the Awakening Women's Institute. Oh, yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. So oh, everyone go look, go look. Lauren, I just want to thank you so much from my heart for you sharing in this way and this platform. And um, you have some beautiful articles that you'll be posting on our blog as well. And we will make sure that listeners have a way to find you with your website and um, what you're doing and what you're talking about is really important and really beautiful. And I thank you for all of the work that you do in this world and also for the importance that you understand about postpartum care. And we're all in the community together to help make some meaningful change. Thank, thank you. you. It was fun. Yes. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time. Sacred Window podcast is brought to you by the Center for Sacred Window Studies. You can visit us to find out more about our online training and mentoring programs, plus resources and products for and about the sacred postpartum window at www.sacredwindowstudies.com. And our music is written and performed by Sarah Emmett. You can hear more of Sarah's music by visiting www.sarahemmett.bandcamp.com.